Yeah, very nice. How we got the business going? Chol <laughs> Yisrael. All right, very good. Yeah, my father's according to the Rocha and, uh, and Rabbi Heinemann. That's the first thing the Star K went on was part of the farm. All right. Yeah, that's right. Baruch Hashem. Chaverim from Lakewood. All right, let's go. Today's daf is daf Yurches. All right. Let's, uh, let's rock and roll. So we're, uh, we're four lines to the bottom of Yud Zayin Hamabez. And we are discussing the tables of Shlomo HaMelech, the additional Shulchanais, the tables that Shlomo HaMelech built. And Bez Hashem on Daf Yurches, we're going to get into as well a very interesting zach, a very interesting thing that people are not aware of. And that is that Shlomo HaMelech also built additional Menairis to the original Menaira that was made by Moshe Rabbeinu. And we're, today we're going to talk about the placement of the Shulchanais, and we'll get into the placement of the Menaira, so on and so forth. Very, very interesting, uh, uh, very interesting Gemaras. And we will, Be'ezas Hashem today, um, also be Zoyche to, um, hopefully, we'll be Zoyche to finish the Perak. The Perak ends on the top of tomorrow's daf, but uh, we'll see what time it is, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to finish the prayer today. Okay, so here we go. Four lines from the bottom of Yod Zayin Amad Ve'ez, Tani, we learned in the B'raisa, Mizrach Umarav Hav Nesunim. The tables were placed from Mizrach Tamarav, east to west. Now the question is, when you have a table that's a rectangle, which you know the Shokot was a rectangle, we got in, we already discussed the Shurim, so what does it mean that it's set up east to west? What it means is the head and the foot of the Shulchan were facing east to west. However, they, the head and the foot of the Shulchan were facing north to south. Now, if you say it was placed east to west, it's going to work out. Why? Because Kulan Rui in the Sheiris. All these tables were fit for Sheiris. And here's the catch that we have to know. Here's the premise that the Gemara expects us to know. And that is that only on the innermost half of the Heichal is it permitted to do the Avoda. Now, 20 Amos takes up the entire innermost half. So if you say that it was put east to west, it's going to work out that all the tables will fit in the innermost part, the inner 50% of the Heichal and Memela, and therefore it makes sense that the avoda can be done on all the tables. However, But if you hold that it was set up north to south, so it's going to come out, you're going to have tables, you're going to have a shulchan in the south, and we know the shulchan is had to be put towards the northern side, right? Nachon, listen here. When he came into the base of Mikdash, everybody who walked into the base of Mikdash was facing east, right? Towards the Kaidash HaKadosh. So you came into the west, you're facing the east. You have the northern side and the southern side. So if all the tables are going east to west, all right, they can all be placed on the northern side, on the east, towards the east, right? However, if it was placed north to south, there's no way you're going to have all the shulchanos in the, in the 50% that's considered to the, towards the northern side. You're always going to have tables that are in the southern side of the Heichal, and the Avoda will not be allowed to be done on those tables. Period. And the Gemara basically is leaving off that, yes, we have a machlokas tanoyim as to how the tables were situated, 
However, it will only make sense if we're going to say that these tables were actually used for avoda. It's only going to make sense according to the opinion that holds the tables were east to west on the northern side. Period. Okay. Very good. Top of today's daf. Here we go. Let's talk about the Menaira. Umenaira b'tzafayin was the Menaira put in the tzafayin was the Menaira put into the north. Now the Mefarshim on the page, the Tiklin Chadatin and the Karbana Eida both remove the words. If you look at the top of the page, the Karbana Eida just writes very simply. He says, Loigar Sinon. Yeah, that's not our girsa. Okay, Loigar Sinon, he kind of uh, uh, leaves it out. So let's read the Gemara like the Mefarshim on the page. And here we go. Should give Reb Jonathan a second. He's joining on as well. All right, here we go. Top of Yurcha Samaralf. Hashokhan Hayanosum Achatia Bais Lafim, the Shokhan was placed on the on the Chatia Bais, the inside inner fifty percent, the Lafim towards the inside, Moshok Minakoiso Steyamus and Mafsa Klapiatsof, and it was two and a half Amas off the wall towards the northern side, Umanera connected with Darim, and Umanera was opposite the Shokhan in the southern side, right? We know the Gemara tells us a person, a person who wants to be a Chokhan, so Yadrim, you should tur- turn towards the south, you should tur- turn your body a little bit. Obviously facing east, but you want to tur- turn your body a little bit towards the south, towards the Menorah, representing the Torah, representing Torah. And uh, and if a person wants to become wealthy, so you should turn your body towards the north, towards the Shulchan, because the Shulchan was in the northern part of the Hechel, and the Menorah was in the southern part of the Hechel. Mizbeach Hazav Hayinotzu B'Mzabayis. Mizbeach Hazav was put in the dead center. Chaylek Hazabayis Machzayv Lefinim, and that was like what separated things. And from the uh, from the inner on the inner half, moshuch kima klape chutz, but it was moshuch a drop. Kima means just a little bit. Klape chutz towards the outside, meaning towards the outer doors. All right, of when people walked in, the kulon But everything ultimately was placed on the inside of the shlish, the first third of the house. So you had. A total when you walk into the uh, base when you walked into the heichel, so the heichel itself was forty amas. Plus you had the kodesh hakadoshim that was twenty amas. So you have a total area of sixty amos in length. Okay, the innermost third is going to be the outer twenty amos, the twenty amos towards the entrance. Okay, esar menayras aser And listen to this says the says the gemara. Shlomo HaMelech made 10 menorahs. Now listen to how these were made. Fascinating. Shnei Marbiyatsas menorahs Azov Eser Kimishpatam. He made 10 menorahs Kimishpatam according to the Allah of Eitim Behechol and he placed Eichol Chamesh Miyamin Chamesh Bismayel. Five to the right, five to the left. In in Tamar Chamesh Bezav and Bedar. And if you're going to tell me that left and right means north and south, we said the menorah has to be in the south. Right? Uh, you want to be smart. You want Tyre, you turn towards the south. So Menorah had to be towards the south. So it can't be that he put Menorahs in the north and the south. It's got to be on the southern side. Taimana means the southern. So what does it mean when it says five to the left, five to the right? Meaning, there was one main menorah in the dead center of the south, 
it doesn't mean five to the north, five to the south. Rather, it means you had the main menorah in middle of the south, and Shlomo HaMelech built ten additional menorahs. And wherever the main menorah of Moshe was made, was situated, we put five menorahs to the left of it, and five menorahs to the right of it. And Afal Pike, and even so, Despite the fact that there were 11 menorahs accessible now, right? Because you had the main one plus five to the right, five to the left. They only lit the original menorah of Moshe Rabbeinu. Shlomo HaMelech built these menorahs for beauty, to bring Kavayit Shemayim. That's why, that's why he built the menorahs. But the, ultimately the menorah lit in the Beis HaMikdash was the menorah of Moshe Rabbeinu. And Apal Pikein, how do you know that? The golden menorah and its neirais and its tops to, to light it. And it's talking about it. One menorah each evening. So there was only menorah that was used. However, every menorah got a turn. The menorahs and their, their uh, fires to be lit, what's needed near the, uh, near the uh, devir, which means the mechitza, the separation, sogor, which was separated. But what's his proof? His proof ultimately is from the word hamenoros, uh, what do you mean? Where do you have plural menorahs? Where do you have multiple menorahs? There it says that they made they u- made use of the additional menorahs. Listen to this beauty. These menorahs that were made, okay, by Shlomo Hamelech, they had flowers on them. They had cups for the the lamps on them, and they had tweezers. They had the tongs. Hein kilu which means Shlomo HaMalach was fantastically wealthy and all of his gold, all of it, that's what it seems right now, from his entire treasury was used to build these 10 menorahs. That's the assumption right now. The Gemara is going to discuss this. Says the Gemara Azad, Tanya Rebuta B'Shem Asi, Shlomo took 1,000 kikar of gold. Umachnis on the core. He put them into the oven. Umaytzion. Achehu mamidon al echod. He purified that gold so much that 1,000 kikar of gold ended up being one kikar of gold in its most purest form. The Kayim Ashenamar to fulfill what it says. Kikar zahav, one kikar. Tahar, complete, also Isa, he made it. Says the Gemara, one second. One second. He emptied out his treasury, took 1,000. We're dealing with an immense amount of gold. Tanya, we learned in a, <laughs> we learned in a b'risa. Amar b'yesi b'er b'yehuda, ma'isi b'menayra ha'smikdash, ha'isi yaseira al-menayra shosim ha'isi midbar dinar zav. One time the menayra in the base ha'mikdash was one dinar zav bigger than Moshe Rabbeinu's menayr. And they took it and put it in the oven 80 times. 
and it didn't change at all. So how can you tell me that he took a thousand and ended up being one? You see that his gold uh, didn't change. The Gemara says, no. The us, each one could be correct. Yeah, that initially when he put it in, so it went from a thousand down to one. Then do Kayam, but once it reached one, Albrare with 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 Brirus, with perfection, then it couldn't go down anymore. Now Mefarshim explained that we know that ultimately Shlomo HaMelech had a, even after he built these menorahs had a tremendous amount of uh, a tremendous amount of gold. So what they what they explain is that this that it says he was finished is that he had different he had there's always different qualities in metals and in stones and gems. So what it means that it was completed is that the best stones of Shlame, the best gold of Shlomo HaMelech was all of it was used to build these temenaries. But it seems there were lower levels of of uh, gold that remained with Shlomo HaMelech. Okay. Period. End of that discussion. Here we go. Last halacha and last mishnah for the parak. There were 13 shayfaris in the Mikdash. Chavalazman, I don't have a shayfar in front of me. I don't know why. Okay, I thought I had a shayfar in this room. Yeah, I'm sitting here in the Bismajish. Um, shayfar is narrow on top, wider on bottom. They would f- fill it up with coins, right? But obviously here we're dealing with not a real shayfar. We're dealing with these big uh, uh, boxes that they would enter the coins into were, that were narrower on top and wider on bottom. So they had 13 boxes to hold donations in the treasury of the Beis HaMikdash. And it was said on them, now let's count this through, Tiklin Chadatin, we're familiar with that, that's the, that's the uh, Mefarish that we use most for Shkalim, right? it's called Tiklin Chadatin, which means the new Shkalim, that's one box. Box number two is Tiklin Atikin. Box number two is the older Shkola. Um, now, interestingly, Tiklin Atikin, yeah, Tiklin Atikin, we're going to see, is referring to people who didn't pay. It, it, sometimes it's referring to money that wasn't used from the Machtas HaShekel over the course of the year. And it kind of like it was rollover money to the next year. That's sometimes what Tikkun Aktika means. Over here it means that if somebody didn't give a half shekel one year, and this year they want to make it up, so they give the half shekel, the additional half shekel is called the old one. All right? And that's what went into the second box. Kinim. The third box says Kinim. Okay? That was used for the birds. That's number three. The Geizlai Ayla and the Geizalais of the Ayla, the young birds. That's four. Eitzim, wood is five. Levina is six. Zohov, lech, firis. And gold for the klisharis, all the vessels that were needed in the Beis HaMikdash. All right, so we have seven boxes. And then each one was written on it, these words, right? Tiklin chalatin, tiklin atikin, kinim, goiz layoyla, eitzim, levina, zohov, lech, firis. And then there were six more boxes. Seven plus six is 13. Shishul and Nedava. And the last six, what does it say on the box? Nedava. These are for the voluntary carbonites of the Beis HaMikdash. Says the Gemara. Take the Chadash, Rabjim, we're in the Mishnah now. 
the new shkalim of every year. That's what that's what it means. Tikkun Vatikin was like we explained. Misha shekel A person, old shekel, a person who brought it from a previous year. What are kinim? That's referring to the young birds, the turtle doves, and the pigeons. Kulan oilas, which are all used for oilas, according to Rabbi Yehuda, that these were all, these that uh, they had to be brought as carbon oilas. However, there's machlokes about this. The Chum argue on Rabbi Yehuda. Yeah, that when it says uh, when a person would bring two birds, and the intention was that one bird should bring should be a carbon oila, and one bird should be a carbon chatas. So. Kulan Eilis. Okay? Um, that's only when all of them are... Uh, I'm sorry. Kinim, echad chatas v'echad Kinim means one chatas, one Eilis. However, Geizlai Eilis, then Kulan Eilis. Alright? So that's the Machleikas over here. Again, let me read that through clear because I didn't read that properly. So here, let, let's go back. Let's go back a line. Kinim, hein tairim v'geizlai Eilis, hein b'nei Kulan Eilis. Says Rabbi Yehuda, everything's always going to be for an Eilis. The Chum say no. If by Kinim, by pairs of birds, then Echad Chatas Ve'echad Eilis. One's going to be a Chatas, one's an Eilis. when it says that the it's going to be the pigeons, Geizlei um, Eilis, then Kulan Eilis, they're all going to be used for a carbon Eilis. Okay, very good. Now, a person says, I am accepting upon myself to, I'm being makriv eitzim, I'm being makriv wood to the mizbeach, right? You could be, uh, you, you make various things hectish. A person says that I'm accepting upon myself, my carbon is going to be the wood on the mizbeach. So, yivchais mishneh grizim, gzir. Allah is, you need to bring at least two logs of wood to the mizbeach. You got to bring at least two. Okay, why? Because look what he said. He said, Haray alai. Did he say eights? No. Haray alai eightsim. That's plural. What's the minimum for plural? Two. So since you said eightsim, you got to bring two, uh, two logs. Levina. If a person says, I'm going to bring Levina, you got to bring at least one kaimitz, one, three fingers full of flowers. Zohar. Person says, I'm going to bring gold. You got to bring at least one dinner of gold. Okay? We'll explain why in the Gemara. Shishal and Nadava. The last six boxes were said in Nadava. Nadava, what they do with that money. They bought Eilis Abbas of the Shemvairis, Lakahanim, and the meat was all burnt in the Mizbech, and the hides, the skins, the hides would go to the Kaihan. Right? That's Allah of a carbon oil. The entire thing gets burnt up besides for the hides. This is the medrash that Yehoyada, the Kain Godol, made. What did he say? Asham, who Asham, Asham, Lashem. It's an Asham. Since he was guilty, you need to bring an Asham to Hashem. Zeraklal says, said the Kain Godol, Yehoyada. Here's the rule. Anything that causes him Mechatas or an Asham, Yilokech Bamailas. Right? Ultimately, you use the extras. To purchase oilus, habos l'shem, ba'oilus the kahanim, and the meat goes to Hashem on those carbon oilus, and the hides go to the kahanim. Nimsu shnei ksuvim kayom. 
And therefore, the entire Pasuk is fulfilled. How so? Asham Lashem. The Asham, ultimately, the carbon is going to Hashem, but Asham Lakain. And there's also an Asham to Lakain. Everybody ends up with something. The Aimeh, Kazev Asham, the Kazev Chatois, the Yuva Pes Hashem Lakanam Yu. That the money of an Asham and the money of a Chatois should not be brought directly to Hashem, meaning should not be the value of Hashem brought in the Veach, but rather it should be given to the Kaihan. Okay? Fine. So what you see from here is that to some extent the Kahanim are supposed to profit. So how do they profit? But it says you got to burn all the meat. So what do we do? We give that last little amount of value that's not the meat, the skins. We'll give that to the Kahanim and Mela. We fulfill these psukim. Okay, as always the Mishnah. Here we go. Now the Gemara is going to get into the nitty gritty. Zok the Gemara. Tanya. They did not have a shoifer shalkinim. We said one of the boxes said kinim. Okay? Rabbi Yehuda says, no. There was no box, collection box of kinim in Yerushalayim. Because we were concerned about taruvis. Okay? Says the Gemara, what do you mean? What's going on? Shema Tomos Achas. Because here's what's going to happen. Here's the concern. Somebody who wants to buy the birds using money they put into this box will die. Possibly. Now here's the halacha. When a person dies, they no longer are allowed to bring a chatas. You're allowed to use that money for an ayla. Not a chatas. So this woman has money set aside for a pair of birds, one chatas and one ayla. She puts the money in. Here's the problem. If she dies, that money is now, is now, uh, that there's chatas money in there that can't be brought. And the whole box is going to get mixed up. Kind of like what we said before Pesach. The, um, the Mysore, uh, uh, one of the guys in uh, Neri Yisrael, this year, Rabbi Hyman always gives halachas here before Pesach in the Mechina in the high school in Neri Yisrael. So one of the boys asked him, he said, when you saw your chametz to a guy, how do you know he's taka a guy? How do you know he's really a guy? All right, so we know why. You can say chazaka. Rabbi Hyman said, I got to tell you something. He says, it's funny you asked because I have a story. He said, a few years ago, um, I sold the chametz to a guy. We're walking out of the room, and the guy says, "Have a wonderful seder." And Rabbi Hanuman thought he had no shaykhs. So he says, "What do you know about a seder?" He says, "Oh, my wife's Jewish. Okay, he's married to a Jew, and he says, therefore, my wife and kids they make a, you know they they do a seder. I'm not Jewish, Rabbi. Don't worry. My wife and kids make a seder." Rabbi Hanuman flipped. He's like, do you understand? If this guy dies on Pesach, legally, his wife and children inherit everybody in Baltimore's chametz, and everybody's chametz becomes a problem. The everybody's chametz is chametz of love of Pesach because they're going to take ownership. Oh, because <laughs> this guy's dying. he's like, oh my goodness! He like he went back. He wrote a living will with him that if he dies, all the chametz goes to somebody else. Right? You never know what's going to end up happening. 
So you got, you got to make sure not only do you sell it to a guy, but you sell it to a guy that's got no relatives that are Jewish that might inherit, <laughs> you know. You, you, you got to clarify all that. But that's what's happening over here. This woman's got a chatos, she's got an oila. She's allowed to bring both, okay? Everything's in good shape. But as she kicks the bucket, so the chatos is now going to be mixed in money that's not fit anymore because a dead person can't bring a chatos. And it'll ruin everything. And therefore, says Rabbi Yehuda, there's no such thing as setting up a set box for, uh, for Kenan. Because these boxes can get, mixed, uh, can get messed up. Okay. Frak the Gemara. The Gemara asks, one second. We learned in a Braissa. If a woman says, I'm accepting upon myself to bring birds as carbonos. All she needs to do is bring money. And put it into the shifer. You put it into the chest, top of Amud Beis. And you could assume the Kayahanim brought her birds for her and everything's fine. There's no concern. There's no concern on the Kayan's behalf that she might have died. So you see from here very clearly that there is a chest for. Kinim, and there's no concern that, oh, maybe the person's going to die within the next few hours. Answers the Gemara, Kika, Amrinon, when do we say that there may be a concern of the Chatas and Eilamani getting mixed up? Okay? That's where the per- we know the person died. Okay? Meaning, if, so- if we know for a fact that uh, somebody who had brought money to put in this kinem uh, box had passed away, then all of the money is going to be messed up. All the money in the box is going to be messed up because now it's mingled with the, with the chatas money. And therefore, um, and therefore, Abuda, you know, advises against it. However, it's true. If a woman would show up and put money into the shifer that says Kinim, it would be valid. Rabbi Yudah is not arguing on, uh, on that point. He's not arguing on that halacha. He's just arguing on what precautions we should take to, uh, to stay away from that scenario. Says Gemara, But why don't we say that whatever money she put in, let's throw it away. And the rest will be okay. Remember we had a whole discussion. Yesh breira or ain breira, right? If you hold yesh breira that you can split up and say, decide retroactively what something is. So why don't we just say, um, why don't we just say, yesh breira, that, that uh, if, chas v'sholem, somebody dies after they put their money into the chauffeur, into the chest, into the box, so we'll say, all right, whatever money they, they, would, they bring, we'll set that aside, and the rest of the box is still okay. It doesn't mess everything up. Answers the Gemara, no, because Rabbi Yehuda doesn't hold yesh breira. If Yudah doesn't hold, you can retroactively say that the money gets split up. Rav Yehuda, Leslie, Breira, Rav Yehuda holds that if it gets mixed in, it gets mixed in. The entire thing is going to be ruined. Period. Okay. Gvaldik. Rabbi Yusa, be Rabbi Bonama. Rabbi Yusa, the son of Rabbi Bon, says, Rabbi Bo Barmamul, boy. Rabbi Bo Barmamul asked, Omar, if someone says, I'm going to bring eights, singular. 
maybe gezer echad. Right? You only bring one log. That's Rabbi Ba Bar Mamel's Shaila. Meaning, the Mishnah said, if you say Harayalai Eitzim, right, like we explained, it's plural, you got to bring two. Rabbi Ba Bar Mamel's asking, can I assume that if you would say Eitz, it's one? I want to make sure. Okay? He's saying, that's what I would assume, and I want to make sure. So, Amr of Lazar, Rav Lazar says, Mastisa Amrakin. Yeah, you could assume that, because our Mishnah said, Shezek Korban Bifnei Atzmai, Bezek Korban Bifnei Atzmai. That um, the, uh, the, there were always two logs of wood that were thrown in to the fire in the middle of the Mizbeach. And each log is considered an individual carbon, a separate type of offering. tamon, like this that we learned elsewhere, that there were always you would always have two kahanim that would hold two um, logs of wood, and they would add that to the fire on the mizbeach. So you see that you had one kayan with one log, another kayan with another log. Each one threw it in, and it was considered like each one did an avoda. So you see, even one log can be considered an avoda, and therefore, Rabbi Elazar is telling Rav Bar Mamel, you are correct. If a person would say, Harei eats, yes, one log would also be considered a carbon. Okay. Carbon. What does it mean, carbon? That's a pasuk. It says you got to bring a carbon. The rabbi says it eats him to include wood. That even bringing, putting wood into the fire is considered an offering, is considered a karba. Okay. Let's talk about the wood for a little bit. Rabbi Shubhan Levi, Amar Rabbi Shubhan Levi says, The width of these logs were an ama of smiling amas. Now what's a smiling ama? So remember we explained that when it came to a tefach, there's a regular standard tefach, when a person's fist is is uh, clenched, not so tight, right? But the, the width of a person's or an average sized man's fist is a tefach. Tefach seichik, smiling, is like your mouth opens up a bit, your fingers open up. There's like a drop of space in between the fingers. Yeah, regular fist like this, a little bit wider. Okay, that's a So too by Amos. There's an Amma and then there's a smiling Amma. So the, the size of these logs each of them were the size of a smiling ama. That was the width, the thickness, I'm sorry, the thickness, uvyon, the thickness. The archon and their length, ba'ama geduma, was with an ama geduma, okay? Now, an ama geduma is like a tighter ama, a little bit tighter. Rabchuni b'shem rabbi ami, Rabchumi says... In the name of Rabbi Ami, Kamin Tortani. It was kind of, uh, it was similar, right? It was kind of like a, a Tortani, um, where when you have a rod, stick, where scales hang on, okay? So um, he holds that it was, it was uh, the thickness can be even, it could be very thin. It didn't need to be very wide. He was focused more on the length than the width. Amr of Shmuel bar Yizog, 
Rav Shmuel Bar Yitzchak says, this is very interesting. Let's follow the math over here. When Maishra Rabbeinu built the Mizbeach, the size of the fire was one ama by one ama. It's two feet max by two feet, okay? Lefikach lahoyo by ala ama geduma. So a person only had, you, you, you had to have a, a kind of a, a tighter ama, the tani cane, ama hayisoid, the ama of the base of the mezbeach, ama saivev, then there was an ama on the saivev going around, ama karkov, there was an ama to the, uh, uh, of the karkov, the ama kronis, and an ama of the, of the horns, the ama marocha, and an ama of the fire. The karkov is the area that you walked around. If you look at, um, Basically, the way it worked was like this. The Mizbeach itself of Maisha Rabbeinu was five square, uh, was five amas, five amas, five amas, five amas. Okay? Now, the corner horns of the Mizbeach, each were one amma thick. And the center fire was one amma. Okay? Which means that you had a total area of one ama to walk around. You get why? Because if the whole thing is five, let, let's look at the top five amas, okay? If there's a horn on one corner, that's an ama. A horn on the other corner, that's an ama. How many amas are left? Only three in middle. And then when you add to the center an ama fire and you want to walk around it, you're only going to have an ama of space. We're going to have an ama space to walk around. Very interesting. Okay. All right. Period. Levina If a person promises, takes an oath, takes a vow, I will bring a levina. I will bring. Um, uh, I, um, I'm going to bring the frankincense. Yeah. So layiv chais mikaimets. You're not allowed to bring. Less than a kaimet, says the Gemara, the three fingerfuls. Okay, says the Gemara. Namar Kanaskara, it says by the Levina that it's meant as an Askara, a remembrance. The Namar Lahalon Askara, and it says by a Karban Mincha, it's also in Askara. The Hiktir Hakayanes Askarasa Hamizbeach. So when you find uh, the same word in multiple places. So you make a shava. Just like the askara by the karba mincha was meloi hakaimitz, was a full three fingerfuls. Afaskara amarkan meloi kaimitz. So to by the levina, um, it needed to be a full kaimitz. Okay? So similar to the kaimitz of a karban mincha. Says the Gemara, how do you know that? Well, by the Levina, which was brought with the Lechem upon him, you needed two. You had to do it twice. We're going to say that the same thing is true. Um, by a regular Levina, you always need to bring two. No, it's not true. The Halacha doesn't apply elsewhere. Uh, doesn't, uh, the, the, the Halacha, the Gzereshava doesn't continue to other Halachas, and usually it should. Once you have a Gzereshava, so all Halachas should apply. Am Ravilah, Ravilah says, Klum lamdu l'kaimetz ela miminchas chayte. No, did the Chachamim learn a, a kaimetz 
from to mamish compared to lechem aparim to nuchas chayte. No, malalan kaimitz a chaser pasul. Just the halacha is that just like by the carbon mincha of a chayte, the if you don't take a full kaimitz, it's not a valid carbon. Afkan kaimitz a chaser pasul. So it's letting us know as well by the levaina of the lechem aparim. If it was missing anything, then it is not valid. Amar Rav Yusa, Rav Yusa says, Milsa Drabi'ila Amra HaMesnadev Levayna Meviya Bekumtsoi Shel Koyen. That when you bring a Levayna, it's got to see now different Kayhanim had different size fingers. Yeah, if they're taking three fingerfuls of flowers, they have different size hands. So when you give Levayna, you got to follow the, um, the largest Kayin, who is, who is uh, working that day. Rav Chizkiya B'Shem Rav Yirmiya says, No, it's not depend on the biggest, largest hand of the Kayin, but rather, even if it's an average size, yeah, even if it's the, the size of the hand of the owner, also it's going to be valid, period. This reminds me of... Uh, you know, my, my father's grandfather told me he had a discussion with Rav Meisha that uh, discussing the size of a of a tefach, how big a tefach was. And my, Rav Meisha was uh, was known to be very short. Rav Meisha was was short as a man, and my father wasn't large. He was my size. He was six two, six three, right? So they were talking about the size of a tefach, and w- during the conversation. Ramesha smiled at my father. He says, I know you're a foot taller than me, but I have an average-sized fist. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I've got an average-sized tefach. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you, know. See, he was, you know, he was pointing out the different shiurim to my father's according to the good, you know, fine. All right, so you see that, you know, you have different size hands of, of uh, different people. So do you have to follow the biggest kayan of that day? So that we have a... Uh, we have a machloikis, right? So we have Rav Yusuf saying, yeah, you got to follow the most possible to be given. And Rav Chizki, according to Birmia, saying no. Okay, period. End of that discussion of the Mishnah. Next part of the Mishnah, Zahab. A person says, I promised to bring gold. What did we say, Layifchai? You got to bring at least a dinner of Zahab. Amr Rav says, And this is, if he spoke about Tzura. Tzura literally means a form, a shape, currency. Okay, currency, that's a tzura. Currency as a tzura. So if a person says, I will bring a tzura of Zohar, then you got to bring a dinner. If you didn't mention any sort of currency, any sort of form, mold, then maybe you can bring even less. Okay, now what's this? So tzura is like a mini fork. It's a very small golden object that they used in the Beis HaMikdash. It was one of the klisharis. So it had chashivas, but apparently it had uh, it was less. It was less gold. Shisha We said that there were six uh, boxes, six of the thirteen. It said on them nedava. says, The six boxes of nedava represented the six families. Of the Kahanim, okay? We know the Kahanim, uh, they all stemmed from six main families, and they uh, ultimately, those families also were split into four, which brought them to 24 families, and that's how they got the Mishmarais, and um, then we had the, 
the gyrol to decide which mishmar worked each week, but each box represented the six primary, you know, the uh, what we'll call the the patriarch and matriarchs of you know the names of those uh, kohanim families. Barpadi Omar Barpadi says, "Can I get sheish behemis?" Yeah, no. The six boxes that are nedavas is for the six animals that can be brought as as uh, nedavas. Which is par egel soir ayel gedi tlet. Okay, Shmuel Amar Shmuel says connected shisha carbonis, um, which uh, he says the opposite the six carbonis um, where um, if you always had extra, then that would be used for an ayla, which is chatois hashamois menachois vaasiris haefa. It was very often where there were so many people donating uh, these carbonos, so they mamish, they just, they, you know, they opened up bank accounts, six different bank accounts, because of the vast amount of money that kept piling up. Um, they didn't want the money to get ruined, they didn't, they want to make sure that ultimately it would be put to use. And therefore, here's, uh, it's very interesting, um, uh, what the uh, Tiklin Chadatan explains is that when you, when you have so much money and you keep removing, where's, which money is going to keep coming out? The newer coins that you put in. The coins on bottom are just going to sit there for decades. So in order to get around the potential loss of these coins getting ruined, they split it up into six different boxes, thereby ensuring, you know, none of the coins got too deep into the freezer that when it comes Pesach, you don't even know what's in there, right? Okay. When they finished building the Beis HaMikdash, they brought the money to the Melech and Yehoyada. Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachman, Mishim of Yoynison Amar. Shmuel Bar Nachman says the name of Yoynison. That you know what they did with the extra money? They made... Uh, they made uh, uh, boxes to hold these different types, uh, all, all the extra money that existed. That's what they used for all future donations. Tani Debe Rebbe Shmuel. However, top of tomorrow's daf. Here we go. Let's, let's see if we can finish the barak over here. They learned in the Yeshiva Rebbe Shmuel, Nedava Achas, that Yehoyada actually made one box. Tichsiva Yemer HaMelech Vayasu Arnechut. The king said, and they made one box. They put it in the base of Mikdash, and they made a chor. They made an opening on top of the box, so the money could go in. So we have machoikas. Did they make two boxes for the extra money? Did they make one box? The king said, and they made a box, and they put it on the outside of the Beis HaMikdash, we're talking about boxes that were kept inside the Beis HaMikdash. So maybe we're just dealing with two different uh, discussions. They were talking about two different things. Well, we were talking about two boxes in the Beis HaMikdash. And here, the, if you look at the rest of the Pesach, it's easy made one box that was kept 
outside the base of Mikdash, which maybe is not even the box we're referring to. And for the Gemara, Amar Ravchuna, Mepnei Hatzmeim. No, that they, they taka put this box outside the base of Mikdash because people who are currently Tamei, they can't put it inside the base of Mikdash for the people to bring their money into because they're not allowed into the base of Mikdash at all. So the king said, make sure there's a box that's put outside the base of Mikdash where Tamei people are permitted to go so they can get the money into the box. And now we could bring their chatas on their behalf. Says, listen, it says that um, we needed all sorts of uh, boxes and instruments that needed to be made for the base Hamikdash. Um, and the Pasa continues where there was all sorts of money that was needed for the base Hamikdash in order to pay uh, those who built it. And that is how ultimately they fixed up the base Hamikdash. Now it seems from this Pasuk, seems from this Pasuk that we're assuming by it says Beis Hashem Sipais um, uh, Kesef Mizamrais that we're dealing with multiples. So it seems that uh, that these boxes as well were made in multiples of two. Hence we follow the original opinion that we had on the bottom of Yurchas on the days of, of uh, Reb Shmuel Bar Nachman, that there were two boxes, and we're not following the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel that there was one box. And Mazel Tov to all of those who finished the Perek with us, and Be'ezus Hashem, uh, tomorrow morning at 9.30, we'll do a, we'll do a morning daf, Be'ezus Hashem. So tomorrow morning at 9.30, if that's okay with everybody, we will uh, we'll do uh, Daf Yotes and we will start the new Perek. And uh, we're closing in on the end of the Masechta. Closing in. We just got a few more days. We finished Shkallim on Daf Chav Beis. So uh, we're, almost, uh, we're almost wrapping it up. Um, all right. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.